Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to Ed Arlene's Spirit Cast. If you're new to this podcast, we talk about all things related to mindfulness, magic, astrology, tarot, Reiki, meditation, anything in that realm. Today we have another awesome episode and Divine Derrica's back on to talk about Sansa Muerte. This was such an amazing episode. I learned so much and I'm so thankful we were able to have her on again to talk about this amazing divine being. So before we get into the episode, would you like to tell everybody where they can find us at? You can follow us over on Twitter at edpro underscore pgh. We still do tweet a lot. You can follow us on Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, TikTok, pretty much everywhere at Edda Arlene. You can follow us on YouTube where we post Reiki-infused videos almost every single day over at Arlene. Go like and subscribe. And you can go to our website, edarlene.com slash Reiki and sign up for our email list to get a free Reiki session on the first of every month at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And thank you to everyone who has donated and have become a patron. We appreciate you all. You're really helping us. And if you like what we do and want to continue to support this podcast and everything that we do do, you can go to our website, edarlene.com slash shop and check out our books, Oracle Card Decks, book a Reiki session with us. Or book a tarot reading with Edda. All right. Everything, right? Yeah. I think so. So a few things that are coming up for us. Um, it is, if you're listening to this today on the release, which is the Friday the 19th, it is still not too late to sign up for my in-person tarot classes. Or no, I'm sorry, not tarot classes, tarot readings. I'm doing readings. This is not a tarot class. So on Sunday, I will be reading tarot at Ceremonial, and there are only two spots left. And if you would like a tarot reading from me at a... On Sunday, in person, um, you can sign up. We have the information down below. Um, Also, next week, I am teaching Intro to Runes. So if you would like to have an in-person class about runes and how to work with them, how to connect with the Norse spirits, um, all of that, you can sign up below as well. And um, I think that's it for events for January, right? Yes. Okay. We have um, a lot of cool stuff coming up in the future this year. So go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram to get updated on all that. All right. I think we should get into the episode. Is there anything else you want to add before we start this journey with Santa Marte? No, I just want to thank Derica again for being on the podcast. We love you. We love you, Derica. <laughs> all right. We appreciate your knowledge. Yes. <laughs> All right, we are back with Divine Derica. Thank you for being on the podcast again. It's lovely to be back yet again. <laughs> yeah. We love you. <laughs> I love you guys too, like, yeah. honestly. Oh, man. I always love our conversations, and I, I'm really excited to talk about Sansa Muerte today. Yes. Um, I don't know anything. I don't barely anything about her. Yeah, so um, we're excited to learn, yeah. and our listeners are excited to learn too. Yeah. But I do have a question right out the gate. Yes. How do you know if Santa Muerte wants to work with you? Oh, lovely question. So she will make her presence extremely clear. You know, there are some spirits, entities, deities that are kind of, you know, they'll tiptoe around. Santa Muerte is not that one. Mm. She, a lot of her children and her devotees have said that she has come to them in a dream 
or she has like manifested full on, um, or they'll see her in visions or something traumatic has happened in their life where they were faced with literal death, whether they have actually died and came back or they had like a near death experience, something that was very uh, like a, an initiation of death is where she came forward and made her presence known. But a lot of the time she will come to you very, very clearly in a dream and tell you like, Hey, it's, it's time. And it depends you know, just kind of on the context of like what the person is going through in their life. But she is one that will make it extremely clear. You know, there will be no doubt that it is her because she will manifest in some way, shape or form. So it's she makes it really clear that she's reaching out to you. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's really cool. So um, how did you find Sansa Marte? Like, well, first well, off, let's, find you? Yeah, let's actually <laughs> talk about who she is yeah. first. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. So Santa Muerte is the female personification of death, and she originates in Mexico. And her origins and her energy predates, you know, like when they were when Mexico was colonized. So she her energy is very primal and rooted in indigenous cultures. She was worshipped, she was honored, she was, you know, that was part of the culture back then and it still is in mexico but she is the female point blank she is the female personification of death a lot of people and you know given her name now santa muerte like saint death she isn't a saint though you know she's not recognized in the catholic church as a saint you know they've actually kind of rejected her and see her as a problem but i'm kind of like skipping ahead a little bit but she isn't a saint, you know, that is what a lot of us call her. She has many different names, you know, they call her the skinny girl, you know, the white girl, the bony lady, you know, queen. A lot of her children have a lot of different names that they call her, but point blank, she is death. She is the energy of death. And like I said, she is originated in Mexico. So a lot of her devotees are Mexican have come from Mexico because that is what she you know where she comes from but when the time of colonization happened and you know that was the time when Catholic you know the Catholic Church was really pushing their views on people in Mexico and if you didn't convert you were killed you know and so the people that still honored death because they held on to that tradition and that practice because that's part of who they are and has been for thousands and thousands of years they like a lot of religions found a way to honor her and connect with her while using their imagery so as she's depicted now she's covered in you know like a um, a robe and it's kind of like a monk's robe in a way and you know she has her scythe she's always accompanied by her owl and she holds a globe. Sometimes she holds, you know, the scales of balance. And there's just a lot of symbolism that goes into her. And a lot of that symbolism represents death in some way. You know, her image of her holding her scythe is the fact that she is able to cut the thread of life. You know, she can, she is the one that comes to people when it is their time um, to help them cross over. And her holding the scales of justice, of balance, 
is her reminding everyone that she holds life and death in her hands and she chooses who can stay and who is it's time for them to go her holding the globe represents her her power over the world because there's nothing that goes beyond death or that has power over death so she holds the globe the world in her hands which shows that she has power over life and death and then her owl in mexico a lot of the time when you see an owl it represents you know witchcraft which is so a lot of people in mexico still fear owls because they think someone's doing magic on them or something evil is going on but those of us that are devoted know that that is a aspect of her that is either warning us of something and sometimes that warning is of death or it's just her conveying a message um and sometimes she's also depicted like holding a lantern so that is sim- symbolizing her being that guiding light to the other world you know to the realm of the dead so there's a lot of different imagery and um symbolism that goes into her and how she is depicted now because she's transformed from her more indigenous features you know in her indigenous form i'm just now starting to really connect with her in her indigenous form which i will say that it is very important to honor and respect the fact that she has indigenous roots you know it's okay to honor her as she is now but it's incredibly important to her and just the people that have kept her practices and her you know brought her into the states to honor you know that part of her but in her indigenous form she's usually like has feathers and different um different indigenous elements you know like a lot of the time i see her with like smoke so like copal smoke surrounding her and just feathers or like animal skin you know there's just a lot of different things that she wears in that form so but over time she has um transformed and changed but at the end of the day she is still death she is the energy of death wow so i wasn't familiar with the indigenous aspect um that's really cool yeah it's really really cool um it sounds it, it's very beautiful mm-hmm. like the whole whole of it (laughs) (laughs) my goodness yeah yeah. is it um it has to be exciting learning these different aspects of her it is it is and there's so many different aspects of her because in in i want to say in before her indigenous roots or after her indigenous roots rather there were only three colors that were honored in mexico so her in her black robe her in her white robe and red robe those were the three traditional colors that people spoke to and each color has a different meaning black is one of her most popular colors black and red because a lot of people in mexico you know they live in dangerous areas their life out there they're facing danger all the time with what goes on out there and they call on her black robe aspect for protection or people that do you know more baneful workings they call on her for that and then of course everyone wants love and you know the powers of sex so they call on her red robe for that and then her white color is all about healing and you know just that motherly figure but each one of her robe colors has a different 
personality and a different energy that she brings. But it wasn't until like the more Caribbean influences that they introduced the seven colors. So now as she is growing in more mainstream popularity, because a lot of for a long time she was hidden. A lot of people were not out and proud about their devotion to her because you could be killed for that. You could be hurt for that. And so a lot of her imagery was hidden behind different saints. You know, a lot of people had hidden altars. They wouldn't wear their, you know, like any necklaces of her. They would just wear the rosary and pray the rosary in her name and her honor. But when the Caribbean influences, they brought, um, you know, like multiple colors and like I said, now as she's growing and expanding in mainstream pop, you know, popularity with like her being in movies and music and everywhere, she is, I've noticed in a way she's kind of transforming and shifting in her own way as more people devote to her, but just as we're just in a time where we're witnessing her transformation, you know, and I feel like all energies and entities will change and transform on their own but it's like now we're experiencing it especially her children we get to experience in it experience it but I feel some are okay with that and then some are not okay with her growing in popularity or her being changed and altered in such a way so it working with Santa Muerte is it more of a North and South American practice now or is it going more global it's going global Mm -hmm. there are people in germany there are people in like switzerland i've seen there are people like i think and there's people in england she's reaching everywhere you know they're everywhere there's no i feel like now there's no place that hasn't heard of santa muerte that's how much she is growing and spreading because you know a lot of she is referred to as the cult of santa muerte and people can take that however they want to but those of us that are a part of it we we always are respectful about it but she's open to anyone because death comes from for us all it's just her practice and her path of devotion it's important to honor her origins respect the people that she like I said that where she originated from but she's open to anyone and everyone it doesn't matter your religious background your cultural background where you live who you are the color of your skin none of that your sexuality she's open to everybody Mm, yeah Yeah, it's cool that was my next question if it was closed if it was closed yeah yeah Huh, that's so interesting. Um, I really like the um, uh, the healing and the love too. So it's like more than death. It's like life as well. Like it's like the site. It's almost like she's representing the full cycle of it. You know, without I feel like a lot of times we want to leave out death as being a part of life. You know, and yes. it seems like she encompasses it all in a way. She does. She does. And walking this path of devotion. I've come to appreciate life more in Mm. connecting with her because when you walk so closely with death and you are literally, you know, literally walking hand in hand, you see death all around you, whether it be dead animals, whether it be people that are around you that have passed on, um, the death of self, you know, like ego death, you're around death in some way, shape or form 24 seven. 
And she, because she holds the scales of balance, she wants us to balance life and death. So understanding that we may walk with death, but we are still alive. We are in the realm of the living. And she encourages her followers, her devotees to live their life to the fullest because she will come for us all. And we want to, she always wants us to enjoy the life that we are living now. You know, she teaches us that that's how we honor our ancestors. That's how we honor her because we're walking so close with her, right? It's only right that we celebrate the fact that we are alive and breathing, but yet we're still so close to her. When we know what she is and what she brings, that to me is just one of the many ways that we can honor her and respect her is to live life to the fullest. Mm. Wow. I feel like um, she sounds like she's very comforting in certain regards. Um, Like, you know, there's like peace that comes with knowing that like I don't know like like what I'm trying to say like there's this peace that comes with accepting death as a part of life so that you can fully live fully so it's not like you're fighting it you're not resisting it you're just experiencing life as it comes to you yeah Um, there there definitely is a sense of peace because you're getting real acquainted with the one that is going to guide you in when it's time She is the one that is going to be holding our hand when it's time. So it reminds us that we're never alone, you know, that she is always there with us. And that is peaceful because Mm. walking this path, we have to confront our fear of death. It's inevitable that we have to confront it and ask ourselves, why are we afraid of dying? Why are we afraid of it? But from my own personal experience, I feel it's not so much that we're afraid of dying. We're really afraid of living. Because we're afraid in some way, it's like we're afraid to really live because we're afraid that it's going to be taken away. We're going to lose what we have. But in that, we're so afraid that we don't experience life fully because we're like, well, it's going to go away eventually. It's going to be taken from me. But to me, that gives more reason to celebrate what we have now, because, yes, all of this is temporary you know, we a lot of the stuff we have now and that we experience now, we're not going to be able to take with us. So it's like, enjoy the things that you have now, you know, your taste, your sense of smell, all the little things we maybe take for granted are just the fact that we're here on earth. You know, it's like, it's peaceful. And there are some times where it comes with grief because we're like, wow, at some point I am going to pass on. At some point it is going to be my time. But we learn to confront those feelings and to work with her and acknowledge, why do I feel that way? What is my relationship with death? We always saw death as a negative thing. We never saw it as something to celebrate and honor, like they're going on to their next phase of their life. Their time has completed. You know, we see death in such a gruesome, grueling way. So when you are devoted to death, you get to understand what it is. And in that, it does bring a better sense of peace. Her. So with other um, deities that are associated with death, there's also this like aspect where they help humans with grief. Is that Mm -hmm. something that she helps people with, like helping people um, cope when they lose people? 
Yes, she does help us process grief on this path. There are a lot of grief workers, death workers that are Santa Muerte devotees that actually help people process their grief. And that is in a way how they honor her because with death, there does come grief. And she helps us through that process. She helps us have peace of where our loved ones have gone to, to have a better understanding of what that process is. Um, and she also helps people that are dying, you know, so the terminally ill, she helps us process the grief that comes with that, you know, watching someone that you love go through a terminal illness. And there is a rise in death workers and grief workers, which I feel is really important because grief is not always acknowledged. It's not always respected. It's not always welcomed. A lot of the times we're taught to hide our grief or feel shame about our grief. And I've come to learn with her that grief is not something to be ashamed of. It's not something to hide. And it's important to have those around us that can help us in our grieving process. So she's really good about bringing communities together, bringing people together to process that grief is what I've, I've seen and witnessed myself. Are there a lot of people who are called to her who help um, people transition over? Like, I know there's some people that actually help like spirits transition over. Um, and then, then it's like the other death workers who help people deal with like processing death and with themselves going through it. Um, are people called to that path with her? Is that like one of her like functions mm -hmm. in that regard? Yes, I've, like I said, I've noticed, uh, like, I, I feel like I'm coming more in aligned with witnessing those people that help people, you know, they're called death doulas. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they help people in their time of dying, and they are Santa Muerte devotees, mm -hmm. or people that work in funeral homes are Santa Muerte devotees. And I'm like, wow. And it's interesting, too, because so many of us that are walking this path early on we had a fascination with death we either were at the cemeteries all the time we were maybe we wanted to be morticians maybe we were fascinated with skulls and skull imagery and we're just fascinated with the idea of death as as a whole and now a lot of us are in a field where we work with death and we're also devoted to her. So it works It works perfectly. But I find that that's one of the ways that we do work on her behalf. Because she's mm -hmm. very much about doing work for the people. And for those that are not well represented. Because a lot of the, you know, like I said, her origins originating in Mexico. A lot of the people that she watches over and protects are the ones that the church neglected. The mm. church said, you can't, you're not a part of us. You know, the transgender, the, you know, the people that do dangerous work, that do work that isn't, that's shunned and, you know, sex workers and any kind of work that you do that you are faced with death and discrimination 24-7, those are the ones that she was there for those are the ones that really pray to her because the church and you know like quote-unquote god because everyone's idea of god is different they felt they didn't answer so they went to death they went to her and she gave them a space 
to feel welcomed. So that ties into people now, you know, those of us that have a fascination with death, we were considered weird or, you know, morbid because we were interested in those things. But she showed us that there is a place for us and that in that we also remind others that there is a place for them. Like you are accepted no matter what you're going through, whether you are dying, whether you are grieving, whether you identify as a certain way, whether you know, whatever it is, you know, she reminds people that they have a place. Mm, wow. That's like, yeah, yeah now you can see how she's spreading throughout the world. Really powerful. So I remember the last conversation we had, you said that, um, like when she showed up, you did something like you put a tapestry up for another energy, and um, she didn't like she did she didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and like when she shows up, like her energy so much that they those other energies like settle down. Yes. Like how does her energy feel when she comes to you? So for me, she feels, it's like, imagine energy filling up an entire room and then spreading even wider and wider. It's like you walk into the room and it feels hot. Her energy to me feels incredibly warm. I know there are some people that say her energy feels cold. They get shivers. For me, her energy feels incredibly hot. And it's not like, oh my God, this is too much. It's just like, wow. You're in a way humbled, but grateful. And I can just, she fills up the entire room. She is very, her presence is very commanding. She's like, I'm here, all eyes on me, attention. You know, she is like a, she is a queen, not even like a queen. She is a queen. I always say that she's my queen. She is a queen. She's very regal. She carries herself like, she knows who she is. She knows what she is. And she brings that energy wherever she goes. You know, I've noticed that those of us that are devotees of Santa Muerte, you feel her energy before you feel our energy because she's literally around us 24-7. So it's this big commanding presence that fills the entirety of wherever you are at. And that can make people feel uncomfortable. That can frighten people because, you know, imagine death in your face and you're not even you're not even fully cognizant of the fact that you are in the presence of death. That can be triggering. That can be intimidating. And depending on the color, you know, I will say Santa Muerte is Santa Muerte no matter what color she is, but she does have different robe aspects and different energies come with a different level of intensity. They say that, and from experience, her most intense energy is her in her black robe because black is a very powerful color. And that is, uh, her and her in that energy is very strong. It can be cold. It can be a little bit, a lot of it stoic. It can be stern. It can be sharp. It can be haunting. All of the things that you feel would come with the color black, she brings tenfold. So her in her red robe, very fiery, very spicy. You know what I mean? It brings kind of like that spice. Think of really, really hot chili peppers. Mm. That is, kind of, I always call her my fiery queen because she brings that fire. And then her in her white robe, very gentle, very sweet, very motherly. She's the one that will hold you and comfort you and just very gentle, a healing hand, a soft touch, 
that, you know, so there's different energies that come with her different colors, but each one commanding commands respect no matter what. That is so cool. Yeah. It's like the concept of death. Like I'm having a hard time, like ra- in my head, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time, like rash, like communicating what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really am. Um, Cause like, a part of our lives that people don't want to acknowledge, we don't want to address and think about yeah just like trying to rationalize that yeah, but I like what like does that mean we're like pulled into it though, mm-hmm. no matter what yeah that's the thing like no matter how we try to avoid it we're all gonna deal with it mm-hmm. probably yeah. multiple times in our lives exactly. so kinda, <laughs> sorry to make it go dark with it <laughs> i mean we're talking about know. that you know so it's like we have these divinities that can support us in that and it's nice that they're starting to become more mainstream and like there for humanity so that whenever you are experiencing that you can tap into their energy and have that divine support if you're open to it so um, does santa muerte like disclose anything about like what's after this she does depending on the person okay. and depending on why they're asking because there are some people that want to know for malicious reasons mm-hmm. and then there are some that are just genuinely curious about okay what what is what is after there what is what is there beyond you know she will show that and what she's saying now is to be very careful in how you word that because that could potentially result in you having a death experience where you die and come back and she show you or if you're like, okay, no, just show me in a meditation, maybe. You know, so with her, yeah. it's very important to be clear about what you're asking and why you're asking and how you want her to show you. Because like I said, a lot of, in a way, her initiation is we experience death. So what, and it's, we want to be careful about how we're asking her and what we're invoking in that sense when we're curious because we have to remember and respect that she is dead and even if we are you know devoted to her she will show us you know and she's not going to feel bad about it she's like well you wanted to know and you needed to learn so here you go um so we have to remember that we are dealing and you know like you're saying having a hard time trying to understand or really comprehend like wow death okay we have to in a way we're constantly reminded like okay this is death this is the literal energy of death and there's so much potency behind that you know what i mean so we always want to approach those kind of like questions with the utmost utmost clarity and respect all right my next question is (laughs) um so are there any like common synchronicities with like the energies that people work with when they also work with santa morte or is that like usually just a you work with santa morte and that's it so like are you talking about like experiences or just like things that happen like things that we see when working with her um like when people work with santa morte do they also cross to other pantheons or do they just solely focus on working with her Okay, okay, okay. So I guess that really just depends on the person. Um, There are some people that are strictly just like, I work with Santa Muerte, and then that's it. And then there are some that I've noticed, there are a a lot of Santa Muerte devotees that work with Satan. So a lot of people think like, well, that's kind of weird, because 
her most known form is in like the influence of the Catholic church. And we were taught they were, and it was taught that you have to go through God to speak to her. That's not the case. And I just want to like make that clear to those listening. You do not have to confront and consult God to talk to Santa Muerte. And you also don't have to include Catholic practices to be a devotee of Santa Muerte. So I just want to make that clear. But in that, right, you know, having to go talk to God and like do the Catholic rosary prayer and all those things, the idea of working with Satan and Santa Muerte, it's like, ooh, evil, bad. But Santa Muerte does not judge anyone. She does not judge any other spirits. She, in in a way, is like a gatekeeper and a doorway into the other realms, into the realm of spirit. So sometimes she might bring other spirits onto your path for you to work with, depending on what your goals are, what you're trying to interact, you know, what you're trying to do. Um, she might bring other spirits into your life. And you will notice as well more increased spiritual activity being devoted to her because she's death and where death goes, a lot of energy follows. But it's important as well to have a level of commun clear communication because if we're going to work with other spirits and also be devoted to Santa Muerte, we have to maintain that relationship with her because a big part of devotion is daily connection. She's, I've never met and are connected with any other energy that requires you to be so consistent on a like day-to-day -day basis than her. Mm -hmm. She's very much like, you need to talk to me every single day, connect with me every single day. That is what devotion means to her, part of what it means. So if you know that you're wanting to work with multiple pantheons and spirits and energies, and that's going to interfere with your devotion, you might want to think again. Because there is this like mis misconception that, oh, Santa Muerte gets jealous and da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, no. It's a matter of it's a matter of respect. Like, do you respect me enough? Do you respect her enough to be consistent, to be disciplined, to maintain that connection. Because for me personally, I don't know how it is for others, but for me personally, working with other deities and energies, I always say that she comes first. My devotion, my relationship with her will come first. You will come second. So if any spirit that is wanting to connect with me and build a relationship, if they can't respect her or respect that, then they have no place in my life. So for me, because I have that much love for her, I will never put any other spirit before her. She will always come first no matter what. So I always have to balance those relationships like, okay, y'all are going to have to like take a step back because I need to focus on her. So it really just depends on the person. You know, there are other people that work with like the Infernals and they work with her. Other people that work with like Aphrodite and they work with her. Um, it's just a matter of maintaining your relationship with her, no matter who you're working with and what goes on in your life. Mm, okay. So interesting. Um, now, you'd mentioned spirits come around. Do mm -hmm. people find that they start having more instances of mediumship when engaging with her? And is that something she helps cultivate in her practitioners? Yes, yes. Um, 
And you might find that you are called to help spirits pass over. Um, and they're not always human, you know, sometimes I, I know for me, I've, I have helped animals cross over. Mm. I actually, um, a woman that I was dating, she, her family, they had a dog and he was the cutest thing. He really took a liking to me. And I knew I was told, he told me that he didn't have long left to live. And so I would always give him Reiki treatments and like do transmissions on him, healing transmissions to just help him ease any pain. And in a way, I helped tra- helped him transition. And I was, you know, devoted to Santa Muerte at the time. And um, it was just a very beautiful experience to know, like, I made an impact in this animal's life. And, you know, me and that woman, we ended up parting ways. But her mom still kept in contact and she let me know, you know, like he the dog was um, really nearing the end of his of his life. And, you know, just kind of confirming what I had told her, like he doesn't have long. And she, you know, let me know when he passed. And I just said a prayer to Santa Muerte to to guide him. So or sometimes, you know, like I will find dead animals and I'll bury them. And just kind of say a prayer for them, you know, that they transition on and, um, you know, honoring death in that way. I have a lot of spirits that come through and are confused, lost. You know, she is kind of like a guide for lost souls. And there are people that come in, these spirits that come in and they're lost and they, you know, need some assistance crossing over um, and not just not just spirits, you know, actual people, lost souls that need help transitioning on into the next phase of their life. Um, so in a, in a very strong way, she does help with mediumship and developing those abilities because mediumship is having one foot in this world and one foot in the other and being that bridge. And that is another way that she helps humanity is to help people cross over and for it to be a smooth transition. So there's not, cause it keeps the balance. You know, when we have souls that are roaming around and lost and causing havoc, it disrupts the balance. And she's all about maintaining that balance. So, you know, when you think of the medium, they're the middle ground, they're the middle that helps maintain that. So that is part of her duty. And as you know, her children, her devotees, that is part of what we do as well. That's powerful. Yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like people definitely would feel called. Like you're called to that path, I feel like. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that, you know, has to like resonate inside somewhere. Um, wow, that's so cool. I I really like the idea of helping animals as well. Yeah, I never even thought of that. Yeah. Never even crossed my mind. It's yeah. like really nice to think about now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, to be conscious of. I yeah. heard a story once of a medium and there was this property that was really haunted. And it turned out it was a um, meat packing like facility. Mm. It was like a slaughterhouse, you know, years ago. And it was so haunted because of all of the animals, like the discord, mm. like when you think of all the trauma that these animals like experienced. And so um, she was a medium and she had like helped calm the animals and like help the property. And um, yeah, you don't think about like the pain and like, you know, we could cause the animal world and how their spirits might need assistance as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never even crossed. My yeah. Mind. Yeah. Well, 
You know, so a lot of people out there don't believe animals have souls. It's crazy <laughs> to think about. They like, don't. You know I mean? Yeah. Or plants, you know, like just lose living. It's like a form of consciousness you don't understand. So you're just like, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. And, and like you said, a lot of places hold a lot of energy. I remember when I was in, um, you know, it was with that old relationship, but we were in this part of San Antonio and it was... One of the like, kind of like the, I don't know if it was a church. I think it was a church, but it was in, it was native ground before, you know, colonization came through. And instantly when I stepped onto the place, I felt so much grief and pain and suffering. And I was just like overwhelmed. And like, I just had tears in my eyes and I'm like, this is so sad. Like, it's like I was watching the entire, like, I was watching them being killed if they didn't convert. And mm. I was called to say a prayer and leave an offering for all of the law, you know, all of the souls that were killed and lost and any lingering souls that were still angry. And it's like, wow, of all the places I went to, I was called to this and to help, you know, like assist people in that way. And then another experience, we were at her sister's house and I'm sitting in the car, you know, we're getting ready to leave. And I look at the, uh, at the door and I see a man standing there and I'm just like, huh? Like that was the first time I had seen a full on apparition of a person, like a spirit of a person. I was like, whoa, usually I just feel them or I see them in my mind's eye, but I was seeing him full on in front of me and I was like whoa and I was like well maybe I'm just tripping maybe I shouldn't say anything but and I got that feeling from something what they like no you need to speak up and say something and so I told them and her mom started crying her sister started crying They're like oh my god like the sister's um son had been seeing this man that would like watch him in the shower and it really creeped them out and they're just like oh my god like we keep seeing him around and we don't know what he wants and so Santa Muerte like guided me to like do a cleansing in their home and to basically command and tell this spirit like you need to leave and you need to leave them alone. You know, and he was he was really like, but this was my home. I live here. And he was just really lost. He just wanted to make friends but them like, but you're making them uncomfortable. So you need to leave. So it's like she'll call her practitioners and her children to do things like that. And it's very unexpected. You're like, okay, I was not expecting to do a full-on house cleansing and helping a spirit move on. You know what I mean? But she'll call you to certain places or certain people to either give them a message to their loved ones or to help spirits pass on. You know, that is part of what she does. And it it, it really comes with the territory of walking this path with her that we're going to be prompted to do those things whether it be you're expecting it or not mm. wow that's so amazing it's like a soul assignment <laughs> yeah that's what i'm gonna call it now <laughs> it's like unshakable yeah wow man she's really cool yeah <laughs> she's I'm, incredible I'm this. yeah yeah so how did you develop your relationship with her like how did it start so i had been unknowingly I had been feeling her presence since birth honestly and I think it had to do with you know like me coming into this world and it being kind of like a 
almost in a, a near death experience, you know, like I, when I was born, my mom, first of all, my mom didn't even know that I was, she was pregnant with me. She thought I was a tumor. She thought oh. she couldn't have, yeah, she thought she couldn't have kids. You know, she was told she couldn't have any more kids because I'm the baby. I'm the last one of my siblings. She was told she couldn't have any more kids, but I was like, hello, I'm here. Um, she didn't know she was pregnant with me though. And like her stomach muscles grew around my head from what I was told. And it was kind of in a way like cutting off my circulation. So they're like, we have to do uh, a C-section. And the like, I so in a way it was, you know, not to disregard like C-sections because sometimes it's necessary, but it's like a very traumatic way to enter the world. Mm -hmm. And the doctor almost like sliced my eye open. So it's like <laughs> on top of, you know, being born and your mom's stomach muscles are like almost cutting off your circulation you almost get your eyes sliced open from the doctor it's like all right cool a lovely way to enter this world but i had always been young and a lot of the women in my family are spiritually gifted um my grandma my mom's mom she was an incredible gifted woman you know like she just had that premonition that knowing saw visions things like that but I was around death a lot in my life, um, seeing spirits. We lived in a haunted house, a couple haunted houses, um, watching people around me die. So it was like she was always there. I just had no clue of it. I had no awareness of it at the time. But I remember like consciously being a teenager and always writing, I am death, I am death, I am death over and over and over again. And I was fascinated with death. I was fascinated with cemeteries, you know, like the image of the Grim Reaper. I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I'm pretty sure that I had seen images of her and I was so drawn to it, but I had no clue what that was. I had no idea that she had been calling me all those years. And so I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, and it wasn't until it's been almost three years now. So it's been two, two years and a couple of months of my devotion to her. And I just remember her showing up in my dreams very vividly. And it was her in her black robe. And I remember there was this one instance where she showed up in a dream. And it was like I was looking at myself. It was, it was so weird. But I remember being in like this cobblestone place. It was like really old cobblestones. And she looked at me and she was like, you don't even know who you are. You don't even know what you are. And I was just like, what? And she was like telling me that I am death, that I am, I carry the energy of death inside of me. And it was like, I was looking at her, her skeleton face, and I was seeing my face and her face at the same time. It was so weird. And then there was another instance where she came to me in her black robe and I was in front of my mirror and I was just staring in the mirror and I saw her face, her covered in her black robe and her skeleton face just manifest in my face like she was like see me like look at me and then on Instagram I started connecting more and following more people and more people were following me that were devotees of Santa Muerte I'm like interesting she's coming up a lot I'm seeing her in my dreams what's going on um and then I just remember seeing someone talk about her I think it was actually um, Ayo Bossy Bruja on Instagram. Love her. She's a fellow Santa Muerte devotee. And she had posted about 
her moving. She was like moving and she was saying how she was kind of like neglecting um, Mama Muerte in, in so many words. Um, and she's like, you know what? What I did was like I got her some coffee. I sat down with her. And then instantly things started to move with her like living situation. And I don't know what it was about that. Just watching that video or alive that it was where I was, I instantly was like, I need to reach out to her. I need to, t- I need to connect with her. Like this is her reaching out to me and I just need to do it. And so I reached out to the death alchemist, um, Adriana. She is amazing. She is a death worker. She works with, you know, helps people process grief. And she's also a Santa Muerte devotee. And I reached out to her and I asked her how, like, what, what should I do to build this connection with her? And she gave me, you know, like some tips. She's like, sit down with her, with her image, with some coffee or some tea, um, and just talk to her from the heart. And she was like, it's so funny. She's like, I have never posted publicly about my devotion to Santa Muerte, but you came to me asking about her. And I'm like, wow, that's, I just knew, I just knew instantly to go to her. And so she was the person that gave me this information on how to build my relationship with her. And I just remember sitting down at my altar and I put, I think I gave her some like tequila I, at the time I was still drinking. So I took a shot and I gave her a shot and I just talked to her and I was like, I feel that you're reaching out to me. I, I feel very drawn to you. Like you're coming to me in my dreams. Like I, I feel it so strongly. And I want to say, even before I sat down and did that, I had a dream of her again in white, her white form came to me and it was like a party. People were throwing a party for me. And it was all these people that were devotees. And I remember someone putting like a white snake on my shoulders. I was I was dressed in all white. I was wearing this white snake. And it was like this big reveal. And it was her in her white form, in her white robe. And I was just like, wow. It felt like a transition, like a coming home, like a celebration. And I was like, okay. And then the next day I reach out and I make contact and... I instantly felt her presence. Instantly, she came to me. And I remember her telling me a little bit about her. She was saying how she, because she was coming to me at a time in my life where I was feeling very lost spiritually. I felt like I had no sense of self. I had no spiritual identity because it's like I see all these people coming into their religions, into their practices, and I felt like I had nowhere to go. I didn't resonate with a lot of the spiritual practices. I didn't resonate with religion. I had no connection to any of that. And I was telling her all of that. And she was telling me that she's coming to me because she sees that I am lost. She saw in me that I was I was lost. I was broken. I was hurt. I was going through a lot of pain at that time, a lot of grief. And she came to me and told me that she is the mother of those that are lost, that are, you know, forsaken and forgotten. And I just broke down in tears, feeling her love. And it didn't feel like I was approaching a stranger. And, you know, I had that sense of like, I want to approach you respectfully. You know, I don't want to make do anything to make you mad because I did my research 
And there's just so much fear around Santa Muerte and who she is. And I was like, I'm not feeling any of that. I'm just feeling so much love and this magnetism from her. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is who I'm supposed to connect with. And just from that point on, building that relationship with her, she had told me that I was serving too many masters. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was telling me that I was connecting with too many spirits at too, too much, too much at once. I was like this open gate and there was no protection. There was no security that was like checking the ones coming in and out. And so she told me, she's like, look, that can't be if we're going to build a relationship. So she kind of gave me like a 30 day, now I won't say trial period, but a 30 day period where she was like, you're going to connect with me, only me, you know, not, she's like, I'm not going to stop you from connecting with your ancestors, but any other spirits and entities that you were working with, you cannot connect with them for this 30 day period. And if after this 30 days, you can do that successfully, then you can walk this path, then I will allow it. So it was like, she wrecked one, she recognized that in me that I was lost but she had that clear indication like look this is what it's going to be and these this is how we are going to do it specifically it's different for everyone um she gave me that 30 day period i set up an altar for her she was the first spirit energy that i set up an altar for i hadn't all the other spirits that i had worked with prior i never once set up an altar for them but with her i instantly was like okay i have an altar for her I got a little statue. It was like a seven color statue, a little mini one. I would give her flowers every day. I would give her water. I would give her tequila. I would just spend that 30 days with her and do my research, learning about her as much as I could. Um, but I just remember her telling me to, to not compare my path and to not compare my relationship with other devotees because she's like, that takes away from our connection and you getting to know me on a personal level because it's going to look different and I just remember coming to her and telling her like I really need help you know with like my discipline and I just I like I said I felt so lost and I just remember before that 30 days was up I knew that I was going to walk this path for the rest of my life because the thing with Santa Muerte is that this is a lifelong commitment she isn't someone that you come to just because you want something or you're just like, okay, cool, I'm going to dip my toe in, and then I'm done. She is a lifelong commitment. And I remember, you know, watching videos of, like, other, you know, like, elders and other devotees that were saying the same thing. Like, everyone says the same thing, and it's what she has said as well, is that she is a lifelong commitment. And I just remember something in me clicked, and I was like, this is what I've been looking for, for what felt like all my life was someone to be with me for my for the rest of my life because I had felt so alone and so lost and you know in 2015 2014 I had you know my mom had passed and I had felt like I was without a mother and she stepped in and she was like I am your mother you know I am a mother to you you know not to take away from my birth mother but she was that space for me. And I just knew like, I'm going to walk this path for the rest of my life. And 
I made that commitment to her. I, you know, I told her like, I'm committed to walk this path with you for the rest of my life. And I've been here ever since. Oh my goodness. Oh, I love that story. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. That's so beautiful. Like how she like, gosh, I don't know all of it, how she guided you whenever you like, uh, needed her the most. <laughs> and, like, yeah. just, I love like the timing. And then like, it feels like maybe she had been watching you though, like watching your journey, like your entire life. And then this was like the moment, you know, for her to make her presence known. The um, perfect moment too. Yeah. So but, like yeah. your soul was probably calling to her at yeah. that same time, you know, I love how you said that she makes things clear. Like mm-hmm. there's no way like she, it's very clear if she wants to work with you. Mm-hmm. It is such an intense journey. It sounds like. It is. It, it, it really is. It's, it's like a, it's a call that you can't ignore. Um, you know, when you're, when she's calling to you, because we don't really go to her. That's the thing I've noticed is that we don't go, who goes really looking for death? You know what I mean? But on some level, we are calling out to her. And like a mother, she is answering that call. You know, like you were saying, she I very much was on a soul level calling out to her and needing her presence in my life. And everything became clear once she stepped into my life. Now everything became clear and then everything changed. Like my life has not been the same since. You know, people left, relationships ended, personality traits ended, ego deaths. It's like she came in and changed everything. But it was this clarity that I had been needing my entire life. It was like, wow, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know where I'm supposed to go. I know who I'm supposed to be. I know what my path is. I know what my purpose is. And it's a constant clarity. Even when I find myself straying off path or getting frustrated or confused, she comes in with her scythe and is just like, cuts all of it out. She's like, no, this is what you need to be doing. This is exactly what you need to be doing. She makes things very clear. So there is no confusion, you know, and of course there are times when we do get confused or where we do find that we're having trouble discerning her messages but in one way or another she's gonna clarify it for you in such a profound way to where there is no ignoring what she's saying at all Mm. oh wow i learned a lot yeah in this hour yeah i know i feel like i'm absorbing it all right now um because like previously whenever we spoke with you i was like familiar with some of the energies like in both episodes but this Mm -hmm. one is like full on like i yeah like bare minimum you know um i know like like certain historical things maybe like but that's about it yeah i really appreciate you talking about her on the show and and i'm thankful she's like allowed you know this to happen (laughs) you know what i mean yeah yeah. um wow i mean we are at an hour is there anything else you'd like to add um before we close the episode i would just say that if for those of you that maybe you have felt that she is reaching out you've seen her in images I would definitely honor that call. If you feel this pull that you cannot get out of your head, I would honor that call. I I would say follow it. I would say go for it. Um, approach it and her with respect, of course. But just know that 
you're not alone in that feeling. Um, and like I said, yeah, like if she just wants those to know, like if you feel that call, if you're hearing her call to you to answer it and that she will be there to receive you with open arms. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you, Derek. Thank you, Dr. Thank you, you're, you're yes. so welcome.